God is at work through His local church and through the teaching of His Word. This morning on MyBridge Radio, we are pleased to share a favorite message from Christ Place. Here's Pastor Rick Lorimer. The body of Christ is so diverse. Different backgrounds, different ethnics, different nationalities. People come from all kinds of different places. And yet, we're strange as neighbors. And people may look at us and think, whoa, man, how does that group even exist together? But we are one, man, together in blood because of the work of Calvary and what Christ has done. We are family. Come on, man. We are better together. And my, my goal is that you're committed to that with me, that you're committed to joining Wendy and I on this journey. And uh, it's the kind of thing where I honestly believe this can have such an impact on the trajectory of your life that if you miss this moment, I, I don't even know that we can calculate all the different things that maybe we'll miss if we don't get on the same page. It's such a significant deal, such a big deal. When we were filming the video series, so in our connect groups, we'll have separate content. And there's a 10 to 15 minute teaching that I give every week for six weeks. And while we were filming this, a friend of mine, man, who's an amazing entrepreneur, he has his own videography company and marketing company, and his name is Jeff Cloud. And he was telling me, he said, you know, as I was talking, he said, you know, it reminded me of a story he'd heard about Belgium horses. Do you all know what Belgium horses are? I mean, I'm, I'm not like super, look at that thing. It seems like a monster. I want to be a Belgian horse. You know, it's like got some cannons. It's just huge, right? Well, a Belgian horse can pull, get this, 8,000 pounds, 8,000 pounds, which is like phenomenal, right? They're, they're amazingly strong on their own. But if you actually put two Belgian horses together, you would think, well, then they would do 16,000 pounds. But in truth, when you get them together, they immediately can pull 24,000 pounds. So it more than doubles. And if they spend time working together, it doesn't just triple, it quadruples. And they can pull actually 32,000 pounds, just two horses. Two horses doing four times what one horse can do. And, there, and what, what really resounds with me on this is that, I don't know that we get this, but, but in truth, there's power in the connectivity, in the relationships that we have with one another, that we can pull a lot more together than we can individually. You can, you can raise a family better together. You can work better in the office together. You can make a difference in your neighborhood better together. Your personal life, your character, everything in life is better together when someone else is synergizing and, and working with you. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit can harness with a church come on, that is together, that, that is willing to work together and be on the same page together and not just attend on a weekend, but literally be about a mission together. Man, what, what we can do. I, I don't think Lincoln, I don't think uh, the Midwest, I don't think our country has seen what the local church can do when they really start working together and building the kind of dynamic relationships that we see in the New Testament. Just really, really kind of cool. Now, it's, it's a great subject, right? But if it was so easy, then we'd be seeing the church prosper all around the world. But the truth is, human nature and self gets in the way. Can I just hear an amen? It doesn't me. It doesn't you. And our, especially in the Western world, our society really values independence being uh, someone who marches to your own drum, we value that. 
And, and we really value extremes. So we value that extreme, but we also value the extreme of depending on certain people so much that our life crumbles if they're not in our lives. So you've got these codependents, and then you've got this independent extremes. And then be a little bit simple, if, if that were the way it is, and you're either in this group or you're in that group, but the truth is most of us, we kind of flow in and out of both groups. Because what you do is you, you insert in that the dynamics of your family and relational history, and you, you, you couple that with your temperaments. And you know what we have, church? We got a hot mess. Everybody's different places. Everybody wants a church that fits them. Everybody wants a worship set of songs that fits them. And they want a pastor that they like. And listen, you need to like your pastor. I'm all for that. But, but it's crazy how we start trying to make the church in our image. Rather than really reflect that if we could somehow get a picture of what he wants and work towards that picture of a preferred future, how all of us would better from it. And that's what this series is, is really dedicated to, that, that we can pull more together. And, and for some of us, this is about a recalibration, because in theory, many of us would agree with me. But if you take a step back from your life, you've made little decisions. And you guys all know, when you're steering your car, you can just look down for a second, and your car can start to move. I mean, just the slightest adjustment on the steering wheel, and the trajectory of your car changes immensely. Imagine those little decisions in the way you treat the church and the relationships in the church, how those little decisions can create a trajectory that's very different than what God ever intended for you. And so this series is about us trying to recalibrate for some of us. And for others of us, it's learning what it looks like because it's the body of Christ. And by the way, when you hear people say that, it may freak you out. But when people say the body of Christ, they're talking about God's people, the, the church. And when God talks about the church, he's not talking about a building. He's talking about people. And so we, we've got these different terms now that we use and we associate with maybe Christianity or certain brands of religion. But when we talk about the body of Christ or we talk about the church, we're really talking about God's people. And, and it's just kind of important if you're kind of new to Jesus to understanding that. And so uh, here's what I want to do. I want you all, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me back to... That was good. I want you all to go back with me to Acts chapter 2, and I want us just to read that very first verse together again. Five little words are pretty powerful here that, that I think, man, we've we got to make sure we're, we're, we're focusing on this, because if we don't, we're going to miss something. Even as we begin our series here, I want, to get, I want to get the right precedent started for what we're seeing. So chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in what? One place. Five words that became a precedent for the Holy Spirit to move. If we want to have power, we want to have the kind of intangibles that we can't manufacture through religious activity, then we've got to start where the early church started. Being all together at the same time in one place. And that's kind of what you're saying. Well, pastor, I'm here. I'm doing that. I love that. But it's so much more because you see, prior to, to this actual day of Pentecost, they had spent 
10 days together waiting for God to do something. And we live in such a society today, we want everything right now. But even from the beginning, God said, you know, you're going to have to spend some time in that awkward space where you're not sure what to say. You're not sure what to do with these people. And they're just hanging out for 10 days. And and I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to waiting, I'm not the best. I wish I could tell you, your lead pastor is so amazing when it comes to having a, a character of patience. Man, that's not me. I mean, I'm not, and I don't say that d- 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 in a flattering way. I mean, I'm, I, I'm the guy that says, God, I want patience and I want it now. <laughs> that's me. So waiting is not fun for me. This isn't just for new Christians. This idea of waiting. And when you join a connect group, there's always this awkward phase where you don't know everybody and... Um, and you're not sure what to say. And sometimes you have nervous connect group leaders and so they just talk the whole time because they don't like the awkwardness. But that's all part of the journey. And I know sometimes we come to larger churches, people do, because they like an anonymity. They, they don't want to be noticed and they don't want to have a relationship. And listen, we're okay with you visiting and you, you, know, you jetting for the doors right away, but you got to hear the heart of this pastor. I want you to eventually experience the dynamics of the body of Christ. And it doesn't happen in 75 minutes. It happens being on a journey with other people, being together. See, that one place is, is, is interesting because uh, it's called what, what people refer to as the upper room. And in truth, and I'm going to talk a little bit to those who have been Christ followers for quite some time, we all need to be able to return to our upper rooms and eventually have the kind of relationships where the things we once experienced, we can continue experience. But some of us are never going to know what that is until you start today. And, and, and our connect groups are beautiful upper room opportunities for you to start growing and letting the Holy Spirit begin to navigate and teach you how to navigate some things in your life. And just so you know, waiting in the Bible is not passive. When they waited, it wasn't like they just sat around and went, hmm, hmm like your hair. They, they actually talked. So it wasn't like you could be silent. You have to be silent. They'd ask questions. Do you know they studied scripture? They sang songs together. They had meals together. It sounds a lot like connect group. It really, and that waiting, it was in that process of praying and worshiping and eating. And isn't it good to know that eating can be spiritual? <laughs> It was that told uh, the 10 days, and then God did some powerful stuff. Those words, and I, I'm spending some time on this, so, so hang with me for a moment. Just, I think this is important to have sound theology. When the Bible says they were all together, um, th- that's a big deal. Some translations actually use the word one accord, and which is accord is a musical term. And it, even as I began this year in January when I was casting vision for us, I talked how God wanted us to be a people. And remember, I talked about, I remember I had bring out my guitar and I played guitar for y'all. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, that's a banjo. Um, I played guitar. Actually, I tried to play guitar. And the point, a chord, a chord literally comes from three notes or two to three notes and makes a beautiful sound. And so we get the word 
uh, a chord from the musical term, and, and it's actually rooted in the Greek, and you can find that really what God's trying to communicate when they were all together is that though they were different notes, they were harmonizing and making a sound together that was beautiful to God. And God wants that for us here at Christ's place. And, and while our services on the weekend are part of that, can I tell you, that's, that's not going to help us in the long run if we don't also go one step farther and start hanging out together in each other's homes or here at the church in smaller group settings. And we call those connect groups, connect groups. And, and so before I press on here, and I want to read you a passage, I really want you to catch this. This is really important, so lean in. The Holy Spirit did not bless the early church until they were all together. Everybody wants the power. Everybody wants the Holy Spirit. Everybody wants their marriage to be restored. Everybody wants this and wants that. None of that happened until they obeyed God and they were together. Can I tell you, there are some of you, it's not a convenient time. I know it. And we live in such a culture today where virtual reality can give you the illusion you have relationship when you really don't. And we live in the day and age where we so, we so esteem being busy that our busyness can rob us of the priority of taking time and making each other more important than our schedules. So as I'm sharing, I'm asking you to not get defensive with me, to not immediately bail out. Because I know some of you, you really can't be in Connect Group this season. There's some legitimate reasons. I've talked to several of you, so I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. Believe me, I'm not. But I am trying to speak to our corporate body and say, for us to move in the same direction, most of us, we got to get on the same page together now on this. If we want to see the power of God flow in our families, our personal lives, and our church. It's a condition. It's a condition. This is kind of cool. Um, when Paul was, was writing his letter called, we, that we call uh, Romans, a book of Romans, he gave this analogy. And, and you see this throughout, really, the New Testament. Romans chapter 12, he said this, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's what? body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong what? To each other. So when we're denying others from getting to know us, it's like we're cutting off a piece of the body of Christ. That, that we're really denying God's church from really reaching its potential. Hmm. So good. Here's what I like to do. Next few minutes, I want to give you three reasons, and there's lots of reasons, but give you three reasons why we need each other. And here's the first one. If you're going to take notes, write this down. As the body of Christ, as us being many members who belonged each to other and recognize in Acts chapter 2 that they were all together, they were one accord. Um, we all need each other because we are stronger together. Man, we're just, we're stronger together. I mean, we, I kinda, you kind of saw that in the illustration with uh, the Belgian horses, and that's really true for us as well. We are literally stronger together. Uh, there's a Zambian proverb that I, I caught my attention. I kind of liked it, so I want to share it with you all. And, and here's what it says. It says, when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. See, Christianity isn't a sprint. For your marriage to work, it, it's not a 50-yard dash. But fast isn't really the key when it comes to Christianity. It's about running far together. It's about going deep with each other. 
it's about having the marriages that last and, and the work ethic that lasts and the prosperity that lasts. We run farther together. Remember, Scripture is so poignant about this being stronger together that the Bible says that when we pray together, not just individually, we need to pray individually, but the Bible says that when we agree together, man, that he's there. And he says that he'll do whatsoever you ask. I mean, you can find it in Matthew chapter 18. Jesus is talking. He says, man, you're stronger together because you can agree together. And look what he says. I tell you this, if two of you agree agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my father in heaven will what? Do it for you. He says, hey, when you ask by yourself, why? Because he's trying to infuse within the life of his followers this importance of them having this interdependency. Not independence, not, not a codependence, but an interdependence. When we, by the way, when we dismiss folks at, at the end of service, we always have our prayer team come up. Folks, there's power in that. When you have a couple people on our prayer team praying over you, Pastor Lance got injured because he's working out. By the way, the guy's lost some pounds. He's looking good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's looking good. But, but um, he hates that I said that now. But, but he had the prayer team pray for him. And you know what? God touched him. Guys, there's power in us agreeing together. And, and, and we're stronger when we agree together. And we're not only stronger when we pray together, but we're stronger when we, when we like speak truth to each other and encourage one another to the point where we get the word encouragement. If you think about it, what's the root of that? It's courage. We, we pour courage into each other by the words we speak over one another. And when the author of Hebrews was writing the early church, he understood our nature. You know, we have a tendency to drift from this. We, we drift from being together. We have a tendency to not let people in. And so Hebrews, the, the author's writing, and he says this in chapter 10. He says, don't forsake the gathering of your girls together, as is the habit of some, but stimulate one another into love and the good deeds. And I'm giving you a different translation, one that I memorized. But you're seeing it up here from the ESV. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting the meeting together, as is the habit of some, but what? encouraging one another and all the more as the day draws near. I mean, this, we need people speaking life into us. Words of affirmation. And, and sometimes that, what they're speaking in is they're pouring the encouragement they give to us. Sometimes it isn't even words. It's the acts of kindness or the acts of service. And God wants to use other people for that in your life. See, we need each other because we're stronger together. And, and God uses, man, the assembling of ourselves together. And the habit of many of us in this room is we don't get together with other Christ followers. We've already neglected it. And so now there needs to be a recalibration. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy, and it could take time. But you're going to have to be super deliberate and intentional if you're going to understand what biblical community is. Hmm. I love what Jesus said. He said, when two or three agree in my name, I am with them. Is there anything greater than God's presence with us? You can look that up in Matthew 18. So here's the first thing, man. We're stronger together. That's why we need each other. But here's the second thing. The truth is, man, we're safer together. We're safer together. Write that down in your notes. Fill it in the blanks. If you have the uh, Bible app, the YouVersion app, man, just you can grab that and use it on, on your phones as well. The notes are in there. But you want to write down, we're safer together. I mean, have you ever been in a big city walking down a dark alley all by yourself? Scary. I have. I've been there. I mean, God didn't intend us to take this journey alone. 
We're safer together. I love how the Ecclesiastes, uh, it's kind of written, it's really cool. This, in chapter four, verse 10, and this is how it reads. If one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in what? Real trouble. And some of you, it's like, that's not a big deal in your life right now because again, you're on this individual kick or you're in a certain tribe but you think they're gonna take care of you. And the truth is, you're gonna find out real quick who your friends are and who loves you when a crisis or tragedy takes place. And I have never seen anybody operate as well as the body of Christ when it comes being there for people. Powerful. In Ecclesiastes, he goes on, he says this, a person, in verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and what? Conquer. And they're, just, they're not just safer, they're stronger. They're even better, Scripture says, for a triple-braided cord is not easily what? Broken. Yeah, yeah, we're stronger together, but we're safer together. We're safer together. And you know one of the things I love, why I, think, I feel like we're safer together? And I know that you don't all feel this way, and not everybody that experiences Christ's place has this testimony. And I hope they do someday. But the truth is we're safer together because we can share each other's weaknesses. Uh, I want us to be a church where we don't have to act like we're somebody we're not. That we're okay sharing what's going on in our lives, with our marriages, and our workplace. If we're walking through a, a dark season of depression, we can share that. Uh, Henry Nouwen, uh, he's a theologian, and he was a Catholic priest. He, he just wrote some beautiful things. One of the books he wrote is called The Prodigal, which I love. But, but he said this, I thought, I thought it was so good. He said, we are unified by our common weaknesses, our common failures, our common disappointments, and our common inconsistencies. I love that we can share that with each other. Guys, that's the church. That's the church. See, connect groups are no judgment zones. Paul, when writing the Romans again in chapter 14, he said this, therefore, let, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. And he goes on, and he says this in chapter 15, therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. Were you perfect when he accepted you? Did you have your act together when he accepted you? Did you like all the colors that he liked when he accepted you? Was he in the same political place you are when he accepted you? He said, man, he said, Christ has accepted you. You, man so that God will be given glory. There's this beautiful thing when we just, man, we, we accept each other in our weaknesses and it doesn't stop there. The truth is, man, not only are we, we strong together, but we're safer together when we share our weakness. And you know what we do? We share our burdens. We share our burdens. Paul, writing to the Galatian church, he said this in chapter six. He said, share each other's burdens and in this way you obey the law of Christ. Could it be that simple? That we're willing to, to carry each other's weights at times. That is so awesome. See, the bad news is tragedy happens. The good news is you can be part of a church that really believes it's a body. That you don't have to go through life alone. We're trying. We're not perfect. Listen, some of you have been let down by people at Christ's place. So I apologize for that. I, I, I probably have let some people down. We're all going to try to let people down. But for the most part, if we could get on the same page with this, it would be beautiful. When writing the Corinthian church, which was messed up, people saw, I mean, there's hope for any church and any people. 
But this is what he said to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, to the Corinthians in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, if one member suffers, all suffer what? <laughs> Together. It's not like we're looking for a pity party. But healing takes place when we're willing to be okay with not being okay. The beautiful thing about the body of Christ is we don't stay there because God then infiltrates. Come on. He infiltrates. We're stronger together. We're safer together. Here's your third thing. Write this down. We're smarter together. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because most of you are smart enough to get this. But That's bad. But we're, we're smarter together. I love what Proverbs says is only fools trust in what they alone think. By the way, when you see the RSL, that's the Rick Richard Schuneman Lorimer translation. But you can look it up. It says that only fools trust in what they alone think. I try to teach young leaders. Yeah, you could do it on your own, but you're going to be better and smarter and safer and stronger if you collaborate and you let people speak into your life. And the truth is, some of us, we're, we're on this journey and we're doing stuff that, and you've not let people really speak truth to you. Man, I tell you, stupid is what stupid does. And you don't have to keep doing stupid. But you can let some people speak smarts into your life. And you know, the Bible says the wise people keep getting wiser because they're letting people speak truth to them. So our hope is in this community, we're not just having people tell us how beautiful we are and wonderful we are. But I, honestly, I want people telling me what I need to hear, not what I just want to hear. I want to get smarter. I, I want to be that guy who someday, when, when, when I go home to be with Jesus, you know, one of the things that maybe people admired about me is the fact that I just kept growing. That I didn't stop learning. And God really wants all of us to be on this journey, that we just keep growing and learning together. And man, we're, we're stronger together, we're safer together, we're smarter together. That Proverbs 11 says this, that there's safety in a multitude of counselors. See, we all have blind spots. In Proverbs chapter 9 says, but, but correct the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will even what? Be wiser. So we were smarter together because we're willing to speak truth to each other and sometimes give course correction, wisdom to one another, even when it's not asked for. But we're also smarter together because we get to be challenged by each other and inspired by one another. I love that proverb in 27 where it says, iron sharpens iron, and so one person sharpens another. I love that, that we need that. Folks, get in a connect group where... Where the people there help you be smarter. See things from different vantage points. Aren't, they don't think just like you. They don't look just like you. They don't dress like you. They don't even work where you work. There's, we get smarter when that happens. And, and we won't take time to read this, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Paul's talking again about the body and how we have all these different parts. And he says, man, you know, we have feet and we have hands and we have eyeballs and we have, we have ears. We, he didn't say all those things. But he said, we did. He started mentioning all these body parts. He says, that's the church. Would the hand ever say to the foot, I don't need you? Why? Because we complement each other. What I'm weak in, you're strong in. And what you're... But you're weak and I'm strong. And, and we, we get, man, we were smarter in that way. My journey, I, when I gave my life to Jesus, it was some years back. And 
I immediately got involved in a connect group. We called them, we called them fellowship groups. And um, it was in that small group dynamic that I really began to understand my spiritual gifts. I'm convinced, now lean in and look at me as I get ready to close this. I'm convinced. Some of you don't understand how powerful God made you and what he wants to release through you because you haven't allowed yourself to really enter in the dynamics of relationship with other people in the body of Christ. That God wants to show you your spiritual gifts. And I personally, I even found my calling. And I believe we all have a calling. And I'm not talking about being people of clergy or being a vocational calling, but you have a calling. Whether it's in the nursing field or it's the educational world, or it's in your home. We all have callings. And God uses small group dynamics to, to help that happen. You know, this is a time of year where we're going to start seeing these, 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 these geese. Is it a gaggle of geese? Flock of geese? I don't know. Whatever they are, they're flying in a V. And it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's like, that's awesome. And, and there's actually now, you know, there's studies. And they, they found out that that creates a... Um, uh, uh, a backdraft and a lift for those who are following it it eases the fact that they can they can fly farther and longer because of that lift that's created in that v formation and then they have a way of encouraging each other and and i really believe that god wants to bring a lift in your life that I don't think you see it. Some of you don't get how inspirational this could be, but life could be easier. Life could be more efficient. You can be stronger. You can be safer. And you can be smarter together. Thank you for joining us this morning for a favorite message from Pastor Rick Lorimer from Christ Place. If you'd like to hear this message again or more like it, check out Heard On Air on the MyBridge Radio app or online at mybridgeradio.net.